When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome. The fuck? Got the festive one. <laughs> to the shutdown full cast. Yeah, we took two weeks off. Some Sometimes people need that. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people need a little break. Sometimes people ha- have travel plans they barely have, you know, awareness or control of. And they can't get on the same schedule. It's mostly my fault, y'all. Can I ask, we a, que- can I ask a question? If mm-hmm. I sent you an itinerary tomorrow for a one-way tic- one-way flight, would you just would you just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot. I guess I got to go to the airport <laughs> and get on that plane." Um yeah, okay. it's dicey. It's dicey at all times. But you wouldn't ask any questions, right? You wouldn't be like, I don't remember booking that trip, because you never remember booking any of your travel. Mm, nope, nope. I I would definitely just take what you handed me. Boy, so going, to, are, going to Cape Town. I'm excited to see what I'm going to do there. Are there airport codes that Spencer would totally not recognize? Like, Absolute, absolutely. BWR. Yeah. But I don't know where that is. Buffalo Wild Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sonic the Hedgehog level. No, it's the Buffalo New York Olympic Park for the 2078 Olympics. That summer, Buffalo summer, will probably win because that's Olympics. how. Cause yeah, because it'll, yeah, it'll be 95 degrees in Buffalo then. They'll be like, the Winter Olympics, what happened? You're like, wow, Russians bought a lot of real estate in Buffalo. Weird. It's weird that the Olympics have suffered so much in terms of a crash of prestige over the past 20 years. It, seriously, that? 2070, like, we joke about it. Birmingham's getting the Olympics. <laughs> ah, fuck. Oh, my that's God. How lo- that's how low red it'll be then, right? Even Birmingham will qualify. I'm um, glad did, we'll be gone by then. 
Did you guys see what what's happening in the state of Alabama tonight? Oh yeah, oh, Lord. Yeah. That would be that would be white supremacist and nationalist Richard Spencer doing a, a speech at Auburn. And I'm not ashamed, by the way, that we share the same name because, in the words of Office Space, he's the one who sucks. Fuck him. Just get punched every day. By the way, he tonight said the following. You, you ready for the quote? That's a him. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you have it here. Richard Spencer tonight said this at an SEC university. SEC football is sick. Black athletes not part of white identity. I would ban football. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Oof. we should we should also, you know, note. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some people in that room. Uh, there's also way more people outside, including someone dressed as a carrot. <laughs> just mm-hmm. a dude, dude, just dressed as a carrot outside. Hmm. So, are carrots problematic or are carrots woke? Um, <laughs> I would, I would say both. Are they? But that, are but they, that, but that one is extremely woke. Woke-lematic. Okay. Are we sure it's not ironically woke? Um, is it it like- could be. It could be. We're gonna find out. We'll be like, oh man, that carrot is great. Then tomorrow on the internet, it will. <laughs> that carrot is racist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, carrots are the new symbol of the resistance. And then, oh, shit, the carrot was on 4chan. Watership down is racist. We're sorry. Um, The the carrot is the new Pepe. Yeah. What what I like is that, so look, I'm not going to say that there are not people of racist persuasion in the South. There are. They're everywhere, and the South is included in everywhere. And there are... There is probably a segment of students at Auburn, like there are at probably every major non-HBCU institution, that lean towards the white supremacists. HBCU's got baseball teams. Okay, fair. The one way that you were not going to get them to rally to your cause is by using football as the fulcrum, because I guarantee you this, there are plenty of deeply, deeply racist people in the South, who have come to terms with their racism and their love of football, a sport full of non-white athletes. They have already they have already made that transaction in their mind, and you will not break it from them. So, like, I, I, have, I can't think of a, of a worse sense of, like, audience and time, and of all the sort of strings you could pluck uh, uh, for racist white people. You're going to go with SEC football at Auburn? What? It's not even like they came off a bad year. Go to a school where they just fired somebody. <laughs> also, we should, we, we, should, we should remind everybody where Richard Spencer went to school. That's right, Duke. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, 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 and it gets even dandier. Also, Virginia. Yeah. So Duke and Virginia. So there you go. If you, if you want to. If you just want to sit back and think about that delightful little nugget for a moment, yeah, he went to Duke and UVA. I like the idea of going to Auburn and telling folks that, like, black athletes shouldn't get money. Like, I mean, shit, they, at Auburn, they think black <laughs> amateur athletes should get money. <laughs> I mean, you're... you're barking you're, up the wrong tree, brother. Right. Not my, these, not these... my brother, brother in the in the human sense. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this dude. <laughs> As as a UVA fan, I can tell you, football has done nothing for me. Nothing. Why are you, why are you so bitter, buddy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It's probably enough. This probably it was that Peach Bowl. Reasons. It was Auburn beat Virginia in that Peach Bowl. That's what did it. Shit. You know what? You know what? If you if you there's I will say this. I can understand why some people who were already predisposed in a certain direction. If you if you were I don't know how old Richard Spencer is, but I feel like he's in our age range. If we're, if you were a UVA fan and you had to watch Michael Vick play for Virginia Tech, yeah, I can see how that would contribute to your racism. I can see, I can see how that would really drive a nail into you. That does it. That does it. Now I'm racist, he says. I would also say this. Auburn. Auburn's not the place to make that argument. I mean, that's not just because it's in the SEC and you're not gonna make people sort of you're not gonna make people sort of choose between football or racism. No, no, no. They bought that whole package a long time ago. They reconciled that neatly, as you said. But in addition to that, the greatest football athletes for Auburn. It's not like Florida. If you were like a crazy racist at Florida, you could at least dog whistle and say, yeah, you know that 08 team, a lot of thugs. Tebow didn't do it Didn't fly. do it the right way. Tebow, Tebow really made that team go. Well, uh, at Florida, your statues, it's all white guys. It is all white guys, exactly, right? <laughs> Auburn, <laughs> Auburn, they got two, two statues of black guys. I mean, yeah. you're standing <laughs> on a campus with statues of black men talking about they shouldn't be allowed here. Statues. Yeah. Like, you picked the wrong one. Go to Florida. <laughs> they probably, I'm a Florida fan. Hi, I'll say that, okay? There'd probably be more people receptive to that because you've got three white guys on statues. I mean, shit, man. That's what Georgia and Ole Miss are for. But I, honestly, I kind of like the idea of this dude going around and establishing, like, <laughs> Pick either football or racism because I know which one will win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even among like the absolute worst people in the South or any other region, they're gonna pick football, and that's cool. I mean, just just anything to knock racism down on anyone's depth chart. Great, fine. I mean, there'd be very few things that could do that in the American South. Football, football's gonna come dang close. There'll be a recount, right? <laughs> like deep deep chad or you know brad or you know whatever his name is he'll be he'll be awake deep in the night right like oh dang i don't know man i gotta decide between uh football or racism put on the coffee it's gonna be a long night hold there's on no, can i can i be there's no there's no turbo tax for this can i be can i be racist in between signing day and the spring game compromise no, man. Oh, 360 no no there's no three you got away with that once three fifths compromise <laughs> there will be no three fifths compromise for your year okay? oh my god boy you choose you like, choose between football i'm football excited for people racism. who i'm excited for people who are like oh wow full cast hasn't recorded in a while let's see what they're oh oh boy just jumped right <laughs> in <laughs> And my favorite part about this is before recording we said should we talk about the nfl draft nah let's do that next week all right fuck it press record and this yeah. is what happens. Oh, it's my my favorite my favorite topic in the world. Let's discuss college football and I, racism. I will. Train, I will, go, train I goes will. eight miles off the rails. All right, so there's this Nazi at Auburn. Slay <laughs> right say, into this. I will say this though: Richard Spencer meets the requirement for Georgia quarterback name. Mm-hmm. For, <laughs> Spencer Richard. Richard mm-hmm. Spencer. Yeah. 
That's good. I will. I will say this though: he can't really play quarterback in the SEC because goes down on one hit. You got to be able to stand Ooh, in the pocket. Ah. That boy cannot take a hit. That no, boy man. cannot take a hit. No man, he's he, like not even Sun Belt quality quarterback right there. I don't want to denigrate the Sun Belt, man. I'm just sit, sitting here shaming the name of crates like Dwight Dasher. Not going to do that. <sighs> so, in happier news, I'd like to go up the road to Alabama. Remember, there's only two teams in college football. It's Alabama and Auburn. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Everybody else got relegated. Two-team league. Auburn and Alabama. There was some other news that I think is worth hearing during the Tuesday edition of Rusillo and Canal. And I appreciate the internet, by the way. I don't listen to sports talk radio. Not even when I'm on it. This was uh, said by former Alabama DL Jonathan Allen. The thing he enjoyed most at Alabama. The most. What, what do you think it was, gentlemen? If you've seen it, just go ahead and admit you have. I, I, have, I haven't seen this material. I, ha- I haven't seen this material either. Oh, this is good. You can react with genuine joy and surprise. Okay. And, and dear listener, you know this is genuine joy and surprise because setting this up would have required a pre-show meeting. Oh, we are too lazy to lie on this show. Yes. Oh, easily. Watching Saban crush Kiffin, Alan said, at practice, <laughs> it was our goal to see how many times we could get Coach Saban to motherfucker Kiffin. He didn't say motherfucker on air. It says MF. I'm going to spell it out for you. I mean, that was our goal. It was during drills. We would just try to blow it up and just destroy it and kill the offense. Then you wouldn't know Kiffin's just going to get it after you blow it up in the backfield. That's probably the most fun we had at Alabama during practice this year, watching Coach Saban lay into Kiffin. <laughs> he said something pretty similar around uh, around title game time, but with a little bit less color and joy, <laughs> it sounds like. No, I, I think he's free now. I, th- I think I think you know anyone you look back in your college days like ah oh, shit that was really fun you know drinking like four beers and playing Tiger Woods golf on the GameCube but it, you know for some of us it's oh shit that was really fun watching Kiffin get cussed out. Hey, this this is only good for Lane because he can spin this and be like, look, I got I inspire first round defensive talent even though I'm an offensive coach. That's that's what oh, that's a, I'm a motivator. He's going to chop that quote up into a meme, and as soon as Allen gets picked on draft night, it's going out from his account. Yep. Like, it's just, we enjoyed... Lane Kiffin. On offense. At practice. At practice. Blowed up! we had. FAU recruiting hashtag. Blowed up 18. I also enjoyed this, that Florida... Atlantic University had three students. I'm sorry, described as men. They're not verified as students. One of them's 30. If you want to know, this is man. Uh, we're uh, doc, that's a doctorate student. We're already into the Florida here, aren't we? <laughs> we go a 30 year old man drinking beer in a stadium. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some good Florida coming. Three guys just went into FAU Stadium to drink beer. Just you know, hanging out, man. That's it. And to me, like, that's what, you know, you should be able to, like, sit in a stadium and drink beer. You know, one of the great things about the University of Florida, they pretty much leave the stadium open. You can go and do whatever you want, pretty much, as long as it's not, well, probably not drinking. 
But you could probably have one. Just don't well, don't get in the way of the people running stairs, man. They're mean. If if you could pick any stadium to go into and drink by yourself, what should it be? Um, it'd be I you know it'd be the swamp because you know it's uh that grass that grass is like fairly cozy. It's a little wiry, mm-hmm. but it's a nice. It's you know if I wanted to just sort of lay down there, that'd be fine. Ants though, ants and sand are a real problem there. Cancel that answer. I would probably go into Notre Dame because even if there were people in it, I could enjoy peace and quiet. <laughs> Got them. Zing. I was, I was, to that. I was gonna say the Carrier Dome. <laughs> so you can, so you can, so you can just really sweat it all right. No, I out. just, I just have very fair skin, and I'm worried about burning. So okay, that's smart. Mm. Yeah, I think actually, my serious answer would be if I could get drunk at any stadium, just by myself, it would be the Rose Bowl at sunset. <laughs> Yeah, I'd start. I'd start crying just from sheer beauty. Like, have you seen the wonder? Have you seen the miracle of God's work on this earth? Yeah, that that, that would be my serious answer. I would go you to camp. I would go to Camp Randall with a six pack, and I would open one and just set it down and see how long it took. Just, like, oh, just, got ten Wisconsin students right here. Oh, so they just like materialize like mm-hmm, mosquitoes yep. in dead water. Yeah, sort of like, uh, sort of like, like, go- like, like Harry Potter's parents. They just pop like up. How, like, hey, you look like you can use some help there. Like how in the 1500s, if you left meat sitting around, it would turn into flies. That's right. I'm thinking more like if you have, you know, like a so mini wait, pound. So, the, so uh, the beer is turning into Wisconsin students? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, about? I thought that's what you were saying. Okay, like it's Ninja sure. Turtles ooze or something. <laughs> yep. No, I was, I was just thinking any time if you were actually sitting at Camp Randall and you opened a, you opened a 12 pack, right? Yeah, it's like when you go to the convenience store and get one of those like nickel pound cakes, right, or some, and sort of just leave it out, like just throw it out and be like, "Here, look, raccoons will come. Mm-hmm. They'll be here in like five minutes." That's that's what would happen. Just crack one beer, and it's like. Now, how do you open a twelve pack? Does that like swing a sword across it? Yeah, uh, you, 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 sa- know who you know saber the an- it. Uh, yeah, you know who know the answer to that? Wisconsin students. Okay. Or yeah, that's, in that's- general. People in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you had a load of questions, didn't uh, yeah. you? Yeah. I, I, we haven't done this in so long that I forgot to tag either of you in the questions. So I'm that's, all right. that's all right. We, man, this is so good. I'm glad that you're not prepared either. It's, it's been awesome. so long. You forgot our handles. Probably don't even follow us anymore. Don't even nah. use Twitter, actually. Nah, Johnson. I love you on Twitter. Johnson, <laughs> Johnson Kark. Um, all right. We're going to start with this from ND Eddie Mac at ND Eddie Mac on Twitter. What is the most important thing you've forgotten due to a large bowl of chili? <laughs> so let's provide I'm a little bit of, off that chili. <laughs> let's provide a little bit of context here. Um, our beloved friend of the airwaves, Alex Jones. Hello, info- broadcaster. It, fellow broadcast, that's right. <clears throat> we are on the same level. Alex Jones is currently in uh, ha- in the midst of a divorce trial, I believe. Divorce proceeding in Texas. Texas. And apparently, at some point, he was deposed prior to this trial um, and could not answer several questions about his children and claimed that this was because prior to the deposition, he had eaten... A very large bowl of chili, which raises a number of questions. Number one, 
chili might be the worst thing to eat before an important legal proceeding. And number two, <laughs> number two, let's 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 accept that there is some amount of. Ch- it sounds ridiculous, but let's say that medically there is some amount of chili that you can eat that will start to blood blood will have to rush to your stomach to help digest it it will pull away from your extremities that's why you're not supposed to go swimming after you eat but it will eventually also pull blood from your brain that's how dire this chili situation is what's that volume what are we talking about here do you think would it be the salt that would do it um i I mean i i would say this assume salt assume constant level of salt across all chili samples here right right we're talking about what volume of chili would really put the hurt on you i have a i have a number hit me like like a definite number right so the human stomach right do you happen to know what its capacity is off the top of your head i know it's i feel like it's not a gallon because that's the whole problem with the gallon challenge so Mm. i think it's less than that Okay, so it can expand. Okay, okay, it it, it really can. All right, um, starts at about a liter. Okay, okay, little little more than a quart. So we're working in both imperial and metric here. Okay, um, it can hold way more. Now that can vary a lot. Okay, and you can hold like you know it can get like about a hundred. It like a fifty ounce drink. You can get that down. It's not it's not a problem. Okay. Um, <laughs> You can probably get to up to two liters, and you're going to be very uncomfortable. Now, I want you to think about two liters of chili, okay? <laughs> served a, out of a two-liter bottle. As yeah, in Texas. You can I get that it. in Texas. What I need is Mountain Dew bottle, dump it out, put the chili in, and then go to work. All right, so my answer, my answer would be... That's, that's why it's called Code Red, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be all kinds of red and brown. Maybe some colors you're not used right. to once it sweeps everything out of your intestinal system. Yeah. So your answer is? My answer is two and a half liters. That's going to put you in a bad. <laughs> if you if you can if you can do two and a half liters of chili, that's a bad day. You're going to feel really bad, and the next day you are going to be experiencing the warp scenes from Interstellar on the toilet. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem. I don't. I think this is an almost impossible question to answer because I don't believe Alex Jones eats out of like easily measurable containers. Like if you told me Alex Jones eats chili out of a bedside table drawer, just pulls out the drawer, fills it with chili, and starts going to town, I'd absolutely believe you. Hmm. I'm gonna guess he eats like. So survivalist people, they, they, they eat out of these huge like drums of powder that yeah. you can rehydrate and turn into food. So like in Alex Jones's kitchen, if he's authentic, th- th- this dude's lawyer also said he's all, you know, this is all bullshit. And he doesn't really believe that like looking at a frog makes you gay or whatever, which, okay, it's a little far-fetched. You're trying to tell me Alex Jones isn't crazy. But assuming he really is uh, true to life, he's got huge drums of ingredient sitting around his kitchen. So, like, he's going to just dip a bucket into the meat drum, dump that on the plate, and do the same with the beans. And then he's going to just swash water all over it and dump that on his face like he just won a bowl game. Tomatoes! <laughs> Um, and also, I think it's got to be cold for some I w- reason. I will say this is how you get, this is how you get Jeopardy 
sort of revived. Jeopardy, it's a it's a good game show, tried and true, but it's a little stale. If you gave all three contestants endless chili and they had to be eating constantly while they were answering, my God, <laughs> what television that would be. Uh, like the... <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking Seven Deadly Sins movie, the, the the Gluttony Man, but that guy's also playing Jeopardy. This is good. Alex Jones's first role. Alex Jones has been in movies. I learned this he was really good friend. in that. He was also good in the Monty Python one, where the dude eats so much he has to puke in a bucket before he explodes. He's not really all that fat. He just. Just, he's, man, he's, what a vivacious he's, face! He's 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 like uh, the Juggernaut or Kingpin, or he's like any fat Marvel character. He's where so you're like, boy, a lot of power in there, a lot of chili eating power in that body. He's just the thickest man in radio. He he is, and is somehow only is somehow forty three years old. Oh, horse shit! What? That's <laughs> that's forty. That's his age. Is forty three? Well, is that if his you, age since since he? Killed Bill Hicks and just, and put on his his face skin and stuffed the corpse with chili. That's what the that's what the globalists want you to believe. That's what they want you to believe. The cucks, the globalist cucks, the cucks, the globalist cucks with that witch. Yeah, that's there with her gay green fingers. And the robots who want to take you, the warm blooded, the warm blooded American, freedom breathing you. That's what the globalists want. I want to say, I, I really, I am so proud of the attorney who decided, okay, our legal strategy is going to be that Alex Jones is playing a character, that he doesn't believe, that he's not that outrageous, that this is all performance. Um, and also, to prove how normal he is, we're going to say that he has chili amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way one does. So, um... Have has any of us ever forgotten anything due to a substance that was not drugs or alcohol? I mean, I've canceled plans, but I haven't forgotten that the plans existed. Okay. Yeah. Because I really don't see how this is possible. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you, like maybe maybe if um um it's uh it's mind con- mind control chili. Maybe if you drop that two liter Mountain Dew on your head, suffer a right. concussion. Yeah. I don't know. Did you put water in this chili? Was it fluoridated? That's got to tell my brain. Rehydrate this chili. Um, I'm going you to need move... to go make children. I'm going to move on to an even crazier question. <laughs> really? <laughs> this com- this comes from Jeff Kelly at, at Man on Twitter. What would it take? What confluence of, it, of events would they need for Rutgers to make the college football playoff this year? So I'll tell you exactly what uh, we would need for it to be 1869, which would mean there are only two college football teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that case, Rutgers could have two of the slots. <laughs> but somehow would only get one. And somehow lose. Like that story from 1996 when Rutgers lost to its alumni team. Look it up. It's true. <laughs> so um, what I like about – I like college football because it is – everybody does start from the premise that, yes, maybe this will be the year that you go on the totally unexpected run and you complete a dream season. It happens less and less often in modern college football, but it's still possible. Um, do you know who Rutgers plays the first week of the season at home? Uh, Washington. Uh, yep. So, hey, good night. Good night, dream. do it. <laughs> 
Jess. Nah, I'll get you a win over top 10 Washington, and Buddy Rutgers is also receiving votes. <laughs> that uh, I would also, it must have been a real joy then to only have two teams. Oh, man, that was a good game. Coach, what, what tape are we watching? <laughs> well, thought I'd get out the old zoetrope. And uh, we'd watch some flip books of, I guess, Princeton. Yeah, I guess how, we play Princeton. Next how week. do you how do you think rivalry are? We don't consider Princeton our rival. <laughs> <laughs> you have no other option. No, no, not really. We're just focused on Princeton. <laughs> I would say the New York Giants, ba- baseball or football, they're our true rival. We're uh, we're one and zero this week. We're looking to get to one and zero next year. <laughs> just check it in, like like for the season. It must have been amazing. Like the sheepdog and the wolf meeting in the meadow and clocking in. Red Sam, morning Ralph. What are we doing? <laughs> Playing a football game, scored like, I don't know, safeties are worth nine points, punting is worth one. We're going to score about six points, and like five people will die during this seven hour game. And then we'll hop on a train like 10 minutes through New Jersey. Coaching hot seat was real easy, though. Mm-hmm. Who, who lost? All right. Turn up the heat. You finished last in the country. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> that and, you're either yeah, Bama no, or you're, I, Can- you're either Bama or you're Kansas. There's no in between. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. If Nick Saban been in charge of Rutgers, there wouldn't be football today. People would be like, I'm not going to watch this. Hey, Fuck the this. Good, the good news, if you're Princeton, if you're if you're the the O and one team, you'd be like, hey, we're bowl eligible. Who are they going <laughs> to? That's true. That's true. Rutgers oh. Princeton Bacardi Bowl. I'm really glad that they didn't have spread tempo, hurry up offenses then, because if there had been a Cliff Kingsbury offense and that'd been the first thing that they had seen, 19th century people wouldn't have trusted it. They would have gone, this is too vigorous. This this will kill men. Have you, seen, have you seen all the roustabouting and hurly burly this creates? It would be much safer for 30 people to headbutt each other for three hours. <laughs> this, this is this is indecent. Why, uh, was, why can't was, you emulate the safety practices of something <laughs> like 50-round bare-knuckle boxing? I, I was reading, in 1880, it was legal to punch. Do you know how many times it was legal to punch per play? Per uh, how play. many times? Three! You got oh, three man. punches <laughs> per play. And not punch like offensive line term, like, you know, put the big paws into your chest. Punch right in the fucking face. Well, three you know, times. I mean, what? they did that to discourage the hurry-up offense. Be like, hey, let's all let's let that play clock just take uh, forty plays a game. That sounds good, man. No need to get up into the seventies. The and face, also, it hurts. Play, plays didn't end when your knee was down. Play ended when um you you somebody put you in the walls of Jericho and you tapped out. <laughs> like the play literally <laughs> ended when you quit. <laughs> By God, he's in an ankle hook. <laughs> Um, that that's good. I like that they thought between the third and the fourth punch, civilization ended. When anyone tells you, by the way, that manners like matter. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a reform to dial it down to three punches per play. That was a uh, that that was uh, okay. Listen, we're all civilized here. We're all we're all gaining a lot of of male vigor from this sport, but you know, with the with the namby pamby liberals coming in. And trying to take, trying to put skirts on all the football players, we're only going to punch each other three times in the face per play. Wink, I w- wink. I would like to see this rule instituted 
now because the the backlash would not be oh my god we're letting players punch each other that's fucking nuts it would be everybody being like fucking ref said it was that was two punches in a slap how's he gonna miss that fucking shit oh my god they they they, they're biased against us what you can't kick now this is this soul system's broken or you have you have one year of punching and then take it away and oh they're taking all the spirit out of the game it's just not they're put put a skirt on him it's not the same <laughs> sport anymore I can't remember I can't remember exactly what year it is but it is maybe my favorite year in the history of college football there was a year where you could I believe and this is by the way in Dave Rebson's book uh, if you are a fan of Dave Rebson of the Big Ten Network he wrote a very interesting book about the history of football and in it. There was one year where early on, you know, Walter Camp and company are tinkering around with all the rules, and there was a rule regarding punts, and where you could punt and yet, if you punted, and it, I think it, either it went so many yards or you managed to recover it, right? It was a live ball, and you could just keep it. And what would happen is Yale went on this spree of just punting and recovering every single time so that all of their games were scoreless. They just created a complete slate of zero, zero games. It's, it's just, it's like Samuel it's, Beckett it, football. It's bas- <laughs> it's basketball before the shot clock. Is exactly. What it is. The, the great part about this is Walter Kant was like the, it was kind of Yale's Barry Alvarez, but he was also in charge of the entire sport. Like, it's like if Mark Emmert was the, f- like, still like basically in charge at LSU or something like this and like yeah well we decided that all the rules are like uh, LSU gets a point for uh, punts so quarterback sacks quarterback sacks a ladder a point now go Tigers <laughs> uh, passing is illegal LSU <laughs> <laughs> um, alright this question comes from Trey King at NA Trey K did you see the new Kentucky Tax Slayer bull rings how much will those be worth one day? Have either of you seen these? Oh. Um, do either of you remember the result of the Tax Slayer Bowl? Um, Paul, I remember Paul Johnson cussing at Mark Stoops at midfield and then winning. Yes. Um, yeah, Kentucky lost that game 33-18. Um, I'm going to send you both right now the link to the AL.com story about the rings that Kentucky had made to commemorate this glorious nearly double up loss. So, okay, well, they're, oh, they, they say Governor's Cup on them. Those are they, we beat Louisville rings. They, 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 they commemorate that as well. I don't but, see Music City or Tax Slayer Bowl participant on here. Mm, no, no. That's, that, that's just implied, right? I like think if, you, if we go to ring no, court, no, no, no. I, look I at look at look at the see. Look at the. Are you looking at the the tweet from Kentucky Ryan, football? I have old eyes. You, you see the tweet, and it says on on the left hand, your right has Governor's Cup because mm. it also has SEC East because yes, that is. Oh my God! <laughs> let play. me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you what's on the other side of the yep. ring. Let yep. me describe this for the listener who has not seen this because I am going to say it with such joy in my my voice. On the other side, on the middle ring, the sort of hemispheric ring up top, it says, go big blue. But on the big panel on the side, right, the sort of triangular, curvilinear shape, it says, tax slayer bowl, 
that's the logo in the middle. But in huge swooping letters across the top, it says, Stoops. <laughs> now, we don't know for sure. It's possible at that. At the bottom, all... it says, Coach. <laughs> it's possible that yeah. all the players got these personalized. I prefer to think that they all have one that says Stoops on it. Hey, I mean, it seems a little tricky because I'm pretty sure there's some long names on that team. So it seems like there's. But you know what? You know what? You know if it's great, Stoops. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give this ring a five out of ten on the bullshit scale, just because they did beat Louisville, and that was pretty hilarious. I well, but I, I I just appreciate that they're like, well, we should acknowledge that. I, I I assume this is some sort of like NCAA loophole where they are like, we can give our players rings, but they have to be related to the bowl game. And they're like, ugh, we really would rather not. Is If we put the logo, is that enough? If we make no reference to who we played or what the score was, is that sufficient? Yes, the Tax Slayer Bowl. It's there. Don't ask questions. What are you, a cop? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is how it works. Because okay. I remember the, the greatest of these rings was Ole Miss handed out one for <laughs> getting its ass tore off by TCU in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and UNC did one for, I think, what was it like, or tying oh no it might have been georgia tech the year they like tied for third fourth place in the division and got to go to the conference title game because everyone else was banned it's uh, um I, i'm I, good I, I, I if one of these pops up on ebay for less than a hundred dollars i will buy it stoops <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm, gonna che- I'm checking now it's a little early yeah so far not not there <laughs> if you, you see it and the account is like Stoops bro too. <laughs> but you can for what it's worth, you can buy um Oh my god. Alright, well, this is this is from Vietnam, so it's fake, but I appreciate that. Uh for fourteen dollars, you can own a Tennessee Volunteers two thousand eight Outback Bowl and two thousand fifteen Tax Slayer Bowl championship ring. You can own both of those. I might I sh- we should buy these, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hop on yeah. it. There are two. There are two available. So we have to decide how we're going to split them. I just. I'm going to. You guys take a look. Well, I think since you discovered them, you get one, and Spencer okay. and I will share custody of the other. That's good. I would. Um, I would also, by the way, like I'm. I'm all in favor of letting this happen because I really believe that Kentucky should celebrate everything. I do, man. This is an eat every sandwich moment. This, this, people be like, oh, lol, Kentucky got some rings made from losing a bowl game and, and beating Louisville. Hell yeah, they did. Have you seen Kentucky football? Throw a party. Do it. You want it? You want to know, like, Kentucky is the relative that has a $3,000 paycheck uh, coming in off a job <laughs> after three years of unemployment, and they go out and they buy what? A Dodge Charger. I bought right. yeah. hey guys, I bought a Papa Shop machine for the backyard. Man. It's got four doors, so it's a family car. I love, you know, UK basketball. I'm training them young. If Kentucky was really about it, they would have put a Heisman on there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they would have done that. And you know what? They, they let them do that, right? Because Kentucky, it's like, you know what? What's money? I'm going to be dead. Any, you know I'm going to be dead someday <laughs> anyway. Yeah, diamonds are diamonds are artificially uh, expensive. So put a lot of them shits on there. Hey, no, no pressure, no diamonds, and you know, Mark Stewart's face a fair amount pressure. 
this year. Exactly. So, um, I'm going to jump ahead to this question from Vinny Bartles at Scrum Half Vinny. I'm going to slightly tweak his question. His question, which coach would you hate to face in an American Gladiators competition? The answer is many coaches are stronger and faster than I am, and I don't need to acknowledge that. But I do think we should talk about the fact that American Gladiators events seem like they have, uh, some of them at least, seem like they have perfect applicability to football and should be part of either a spring game or spring practice or something. And I want to talk about these event by event. We can go in any order you want, but I just want to, I, I just want to see the world where we can sort of say like, yeah, man, you know, you know how we decided who the starting quarterback is going to be this year? Hang tough. Just, just whoever could swing himself from ring to ring. Cause that's pocket presence. That's what it takes. You got a man hanging on you. That's like being in the pocket. You got a defensive tackle hanging on you. You got to keep swinging, keep going. That's how we decide the starter. There's the one where they shoot each other. Yes, uh, that's assault. Um, that's the one where <laughs> you got you got the coach. You got the coach with the tennis ball cannon shooting at you while you have inferior weapons against him. I think that one's more of a metaphor for the financial imbalance of student athletes and coaches. That's a uh, that's a pocket presence drill. Sure. Like you, you got you got you got to deliver the ball while being shot. If trust me, if George Whitfield could get away with it, he'd absolutely claim that he invented that. He'd do it. Yeah. There was um there was also the scaffold match thing where like they hit each other with sticks while they're up high on the thing. Yeah. Joust. I think that one is where you joust, <laughs> yeah, that, hit each other joust. with the giant Q-tip. Um, here's the one that seems like it should be promising, but actually isn't. Breakthrough and conquer. That's the one where you had to, um run through run through a uh, uh, is that the one where you had to sort of take the ball and get past basically break a tackle and then dump it in like what a bucket or something or maybe that was powerball i don't know they're 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 all they all have nonsense names that all also sound like football um motivational hashtags and the problem with that one is that while it does teach you good tackle breaking terrible ball control because you just drop it you don't want that there's no buckets in football man you can't teach that muscle memory that's bad i really would love if we decided more position battles by taking challenges at the local trampoline park (laughs) right if you've been to the local trampoline park it is a definite kid thing now where you take a warehouse you pay like the bare minimum of liability payments and you set up a huge sea of trampolines for people to leap back and forth and the really bad ones and i say bad ones probably actually meaning good are the ones that are very regulated safe and try to put people in positions where they're not going to really harm themselves there won't be like oh jump off this wall sideways and then bounce the entire length of this warehouse leaping as if one were an enormous bounding pogo stick down no it the really good ones again, probably meaning bad, let you do that. And all I want to do is I want to put, like, offensive linemen on them. Yeah. It's the first thing I wanted to do. I was like, oh, man, let's stress test these. We can do yeah. that, right? That or do the Ninja Warrior obstacles <clears throat> in the back. Well, yeah, That's... there's, I mean, the Ninja Warrior obstacles are not going to favor favor the bigger fellows, nor will the hellaciously inclined treadmill that's going the wrong way. <laughs> or this going, I, this going the right way that you have to run against? Like, 
How long was, would it? How long would it take to fish like a three hundred forty pound defensive tackle out of a giant foam pit? That's what I want to watch. He just ate the foam. <laughs> this is easier. Oh man, the fucking foam pit! I, oh my god! If you put offensive lineman down there, he's just gonna be like, "All right, how much I owe in rent? I'm just staying. I am done." <laughs> man, getting out the foam pit is a joke. I live here now. <laughs> yeah, you know. This is you my know. yard now. I'm the big dog <laughs> of the foam pit. <laughs> yeah, get lemonade out of lemons in three seconds. Line hey, them figure that out. That's how that's how the Star Wars garbage monster came to be. He just got caught down. <laughs> no. He was an okay. offensive lineman who fell in the foam pit. I just live hey, uh, hey, man, I'm from Wingstop. I've got an order for 78 wings that you uh, that you wanted, but... um. Down but this here. address, yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, which uh, what's detention level C? Down, down, down here, buddy. Come on. There's like a, there's like a fucking slide. You just put the wing stop on, and it just, uh. just slides on down. Um. All right, we're gonna end with this one. This is from Jason Ringer, J- at JJ Ringer. How have y'all been? Ooh. Man, we're still doing the, we're still doing this podcast pretty fucking bad. Great, man. Just got back from went to Disney World. Fuck you. That was good. Now you did uh Hollywood Studios. What else did you do? Well we did we did everything. And oh, shit. I, yeah. Yeah, I have to admit, I don't think my conditioning was quite up. Fuck. I mean my emotional conditioning. I wasn't really I wasn't prepared for it. Also, we might have over. We might have overreached. When? Have been, what was the lowest point? Last day. Uh, what, what park is this? Uh, this would be. We did it in this order. Uh, and this is your Disney experience, by the way. Day one, we did MGM. Oh, it was a delight. It was great. We made such a good decision coming here. Day mm-hmm. two, Magic Kingdom. Oh God, this is just. This is still pretty good. This is great. Day three, seams begin to appear. Cracks in the foundation. That's when we did Epcot. Epcot, load it first. Here's why. Massive distances between things. Particularly kid-friendly. A lot of rides where you get strapped into carts and are sort of toted through a really antiquated understanding of the future. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's Epcot is the most that's like, this is the worst fallout level. What am I doing here? Yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, man, you know what I really want to do? I would like to be toted. I'd like to be toted in the dark uh, by, like, past hey, mannequins. Hey, you want to sit in a cart and learn about ribosomes? Cool. Yeah, be, you know, and that's one of the better... Dino DNA! <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the part people liked about Jurassic Park, right? What if it was just that? Oh, yeah, what if we just did that? That's, oh, also, it, there's beer. Don't worry, there's there's world worldly beer. And, you know, they yeah. threw that at the end because they had like the, the Carnival of Nations or whatever, right? And they're like, ah, I don't know. This is, what do we do to make this kind of sucks, y'all? Like, well, how can we jazz it up? And finally, like, Epcot had so exhausted everyone, right? Because Walt Disney was dead by the time they were actually putting this together. And they're like, why, why are we this dead man's weird kind of white supremacist wet dream about... The Ohio of the future. That's what Epcot is, by the way. It's just like, what if you asked a dude from Ohio in 1950 what he thought the future would look well, like? Well, I mean, you know what you know what Epcot stands for, right? Experimental prototype prototype community of tomorrow. Right. So, so somebody said, yes, this is how people should live. Yeah, and 
that means that some extremely brilliant and practical person in the Disney hierarchy were like, ah, fuck it. Put booze in it. <laughs> That's it. Put yeah. booze in it. Let them drink. This thing sucks. So I, I don't blame Animal Kingdom on Friday for breaking my family. And huh. for being the point where everybody just kind of tapped out, decided to have their emotional meltdowns. Nope. Nope. I blame Epcot. Epcot or Epcot... The 16 power runs that set up the play action on the 17th, right? Like, that's... They softened us up. And they beat us up. And then Animal Kingdom just got to go over the top for six on Friday. So, I'd keep it to three days, not four. So, it must be <clears throat> you having twice as many kids as I do. Because, for me, Epcot was, like, the oasis. Like, I mean, you have I guess... A girl. You have a girl. They're good and decent children. Well, yeah, and she could just be fascinated, like, watching the fireworks while while Daddy goes back to France for another, like, jug of champagne. But, yeah, Epcot was the high point. And I liked Hollywood Studios a lot. For me, Magic Kingdom was just, like, soul-breaking. Like, I, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm looking at Facebook on Christmas Eve and everyone is pretending <laughs> with all their fucking might to be as happy as possible. And it just exposes more and more like how eh, I feel. And it's just like, oh, I don't belong here. I got to go. I feel like I'm the fucking like virus <laughs> in this place that doesn't Jayden, belong here at Jayden all. Jaden and Brianne got to meet Princess Jasmine. So cute. <laughs> If you do the princess breakfast, though, because I did like the half princess breakfast, which is like the Beauty and Beast brunch. I thought it was just going to be like Fergie comes over. He's like, hello. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello, love. Hello, well, love. Like, Can I Fergie, interest you? In Fergie the... or the Black Eyed Peas, though. No. That's the twist. No. Oh, God. Even worse. That's what I thought, actually, because I thought, well, that'd be pretty cool. Like, Fergie seems like really relaxed and chill, right? And like, she, you know, like, like, was like married to Josh Duhamel for a long time, so that you know means that she's like husbands. Pff, they don't need brains. I respect women like that, right? Um, no, we went there for the brunch. The bacon's really good. I will say that I'm not like a super bacon on everything guy. No, but bacon was really good. It was solid, man. Like Disney's food, again, kind of modeled after what a guy in 1950 in Ohio would be like. Make it all like this. It's a little yeah. lacking. It's a little, it's a little bland. Yeah, and it's all super expensive. That was the other thing, like, just feeling so fucking trapped. Where it's like, I my only option if I want to eat today is to spend seventeen dollars on on basically fucking Del Taco in the Magic Kingdom. There's like this, like it's one of the highest rated restaurants in the whole place. Is this like uh, Tex-Mex place? And it's fucking terrible. But it's it's thirty eight dollars for a taco. You just look at that and you just get so sad. I spent thousands of dollars to get here. And here I am eating baseball park nachos for $52. The future. The future. <laughs> um, I will. Then I went to uh, Vegas the next week to do um, some work. and act, Because that's what you have to do, by the way. If you spend a week on vacation with your family, you have to go to an entirely different city to get work done. And I went to Las Vegas. And I will tell you the greatest thing that I learned while I was in Las Vegas was reading an article about how Mark Davis of the Raiders managed to um, completely like hustle Sheldon Adelson who if you don't know it's like I don't know 14th richest man in the nation uh, rules Vegas bought a newspaper so it could make him just like say whatever he wants 
what you do when you have that much money. You're like, get a newspaper and talk about how great I am. Uh, anyway, I was reading about that. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones got the idea for the giant board in the Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas, by watching Celine Dion on the big screen at Caesars. And that that is my favorite visual because it means that you could talk extensively to Jerry Jones, not only about Vegas shows, but about Cirque du Soleil. He would have definite opinions. Can I? I made a mistake. I um I went to Mark Davis's Wikipedia page. Ooh. Um, he has a very like the section of his Wikipedia page that uh, is prior to team ownership. He didn't get the team until 2011, and he was born in 1950. Well, it says 1954 or 1955, which is fun. Um, okay. The only other person I've seen with that confusion is Mariah Carey, for what it's worth. Um. Here's what Mark Davis did prior to owning the Oakland Ra- Raiders, um, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. He was involved in the retail part of the business and the equipment department, and he helped develop the muff-style hand warmer for football. So that's good. And then in 1980... Wait, wait, wait. When would he have done that? Uh, he would have done this, I guess, in the late 70s. Oh, okay. So um, wow, as a as a teenager, as yeah, as like as like a uh, young young man in his early twenties, mid twenties, because uh, at age twenty five, in nineteen eighty, Mark Davis represented a uh, Raiders player by the name of Cliff Branch in contract negotiations with the team, and resulted in a deal that included an annuity that still pays Branch to this day. And got Mark kicked out of his father's house for being too close to the players. So when the team moved to L.A., Mark Davis stayed with his buddy Cliff Branch because his father wouldn't have him anymore. And now he owns an NFL team. Um, do you know what kind of car Mark Davis drives, by the way? It's, it's a it's a van, and it's not a nice van. It, it's, oh, yeah. the, it's the car that looks like his haircut. Yeah. I think, I think it's a Dodge. It's a Dodge minivan. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's a Dodge. It's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, I'm sorry. it's it's a 1997 Dodge Caravan SE. SE. Don't it forget has, the SE. It's important. It, it has a VHS player mounted in the ceiling of the roof. <laughs> yep, and it has a license plate that is R eight H E R S. Davis says he is a food connoisseur and that his favorite restaurants include, I'm skipping to the end, P.F. Chang's. Yep. Fuck. And, and travels 400 miles to get that haircut. Fuck. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and all of that, by the way, all that, and being my favorite sentence, the NFL's poorest owner and he took Sheldon Adelson. Took him. To Sheldon Adelson, who started a casino in China that increased his wealth 14 times over. It made, it made his $270 million investment back in a year. This is a dude who does not lose money. Wait, wait, okay? wait, wait, wait. Sheldon Adelson pulled out of that deal, though. 
Sean uh-huh. Adelson is not is not the reason why the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas because he decided. Um, I I think he, yeah he dropped out. Golden nope. Sachs dropped it's- out, and then Bank of America stepped in. Yes. Too, too big was- to fail. It finally paid off. Thank God, America. Thank God yes. we bailed out the banks. But they, but they used Sheldon Adelson to the point where they needed him, and then the NFL was worried about whether they could control him, and then they cut him out of the deal. Because Adelson was only in it, by the way. And, and again, this is a college football podcast. Hi. Um, Adelson was only in the deal because he wanted to screw over Las Vegas because they were going to build the Las Vegas Convention Center, and he was worried about losing business for his private convention centers. That's the only reason he was in on the deal to begin with. And then got cut out of the deal. And you know who the, the big orchestrator behind that was? I'm coming full circle here. Woo Pig Suey. Jerry. Gerald Jones. This is the guy who helped orchestrate that. And he could tell you all kinds of things about his favorite shows. That Reba, that Reba stay, it's amazing. It's just, just an amazing show. You need to go see it. But remember, the problem with football is the black people. Thanks, Richard Spencer. Oh.